Hey everybody, welcome back to another uh, podcast. Sorry, it's been a few weeks. Our podcast manager, Nate, has uh, not been lining up guests like he's supposed to. So um, today you've got a turkey story from me and Nate, but first, got to thank our sponsors, Vortex Optics. Um, we are running a new pair of binos uh, beginning this spring. We've loved them so far. They're the Razor UHD 10x42s. Um, a lot of people wonder, like, what what's the best bino? Like, what should you what should you go with? Um, 10x42s have always been our go-to for for uh, whitetail hunting and western hunting. I don't know. It's just if you're in the position where you can buy multiple pairs of binos, sure, you can get a couple different pairs. Like we've got we've got um, 15 by 56s in the truck, and then we've uh, uh, got different 10x42s laying around. Um, so. We, we just have found that the 10 by 42 work great in the whitetail woods. Um, they're not too tight. Um, and then they also work great out west. But um, if you need a new pair of binos, check them out, vortexoptics.com. All right, so one of my favorite times of the year is upon us. It's turkey season. It's early season, um, which we'll kind of get to the the good things and the bad things about early season turkey hunting. But we've been after it. Um, we've had a couple of day trips to. Um, we've hunted a permission farm a couple times. We, gosh, it's it's April sixth. Uh, we started hunting on the Nebraska opener, twenty fifth, March twenty yep. fifth. So I mean, we've been out. We've had five days. I mean, if, you, if you count a, a hunt as a morning and uh, another hunt as an evening, um, we've probably had close to ten hunts. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe not that many, but I mean, we've been doing a lot of just like driving down quick um, for like a morning hunt for a few hours and then driving back kind of thing. Um, but yeah, so first hunt, we went up to northeast Nebraska where we have some permission and. Uh, it was a quick one. It was a quick one. It's opening day. And Thomas's daughter, Remy, Sissy, Munchie, that's her birthday. Way to go, Tom and, Trees. Well, that was done a day that, earlier. That wasn't the issue. She uh she had a doctor appointment that day. But you all we have to get back for Munchie's birthday. Well if we didn't have give a give me a break. That one if, year old if, doesn't give a shit. If we didn't if have a, if we didn't have a doctor appointment, it wouldn't it wouldn't have mattered. Okay. Anyways, we had to get back for Munchie, and so we only had a morning hunt, but that was almost enough. So we get there. Our first uh, roost setup was a bust because we didn't roost birds. We couldn't get there the night before. Um, we went to a spot. I was like, if they're here, they're going to die, but if they're not, then uh, yes. it's going to be quiet. Yes, and it was quiet. So then we went further back into the property where we've found birds before, and we need to mention... It was howling. The winds were howling. That's been a big theme this turkey season. The winds are howling. And um, so we started working back into the property and ripping some calls, and we get a gobble. It was kind of like, I mean, it's blowing like 20, 30 mile an hour winds, and we're like, we are not really sure where that came from. We had a general idea, but not really sure. So we continued to work back, and sure enough, we find a group of birds. They're just, and 
Well, I, I saw them first. Yeah, you saw them, but they were goblin, and so that's why you were looking in that general area. I mean, sort of. Yep. Gobbled at us and once. So we we'd been this spot before, so we we're like, okay, we kind of ha- we kind of know like a tree we want to sit in and uh, put the put the decoys out and stuff. And yeah, like Tom said, he got his eyes on him, and I started calling so he could watch the reaction. And sure enough, they like started heading our direction. What four or five toms at least, and maybe maybe mm-hmm. Jake or Hen mixed in there. Yeah, couldn't really tell. But anyways, we were like, okay, let's let's see how this goes. So we tuck into a cedar, we get all prepped. And we talked to him for a while. I mean, probably 15, 20 minutes. Just like giving giving them time and then ripping some calls. They'd gobble most of the time, sometimes not. And it was kind of one of those things where like, eh, you couldn't really tell if they were if they were gaining, getting closer or not for a while. And then all of a sudden, it went from like a to like a <laughs> and it's like, okay, they're uh, coming in hot. So, they in, instead of being on this side hill bowl like behind us that they were on, they were now on our level, like twenty feet, twenty yards, twenty yards behind us. And like I'd mentioned, we were just tucked into some cedars. We had our Jake DSD and our Hen DSD out in front of us at like seven yards. So when I heard that last gobble, I look behind me and I can kind of see like there's a bunch of cedars between me and the birds, me and Tom and the birds, but you can just like see like feathers moving on the other side of the cedar. I'm like, okay, here we go. So I do another call and all I see, I just, they just all go and <laughs> I just see one just full strut and just start sprinting towards the decoys. It's raining by the way. That's our, that's the background noise you hear. Yep. And so I go full draw. I'm like, this is nuts. We're going to tag. So I'm, I, I go to full draw because I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to draw when he's out in front of, like where he could see us at five you, yards. I mean, you drew at the perfect time. Yeah. I drew when he was like directly, there's a cedar, a massive cedar between me and him. The one bird I saw hauling ass, full strut running to the decoy. I'm talking like, like strutting and then just like, I mean, as fast as a bird point. can run in full strut. Yes. yes. So I'm at, I'm at full draw and I'm just waiting for him to just like start hammering on the Jake. The bird is sprinting towards the decoys. He is three steps from like being on top of the Jake and he drops strut and just peels out. What? I was like, the confusion was like, I was like, what? Like, I've never had a turkey that's like made up its mind and then like not feed away. Just like, like I've had him like, okay, they see the decoys at 40 yards. Not interested. They're out. No, he had a hard look at the Jake and hen and then hauled ass towards them. And then three feet away, just decided to peace out. So yeah, the only thing that we can gather, which has to be, which has to be the reason that he spooked. Yes. Is that, we have this little Strutton 360 um, motor that we put on our Jake stake that spins the decoy to give it realism. Yes. Um, it's like what? Like a five inch by That's bigger than that. four inch, six inch by four inch box, black box. That's yeah. like maybe two to three, two inches thick and it goes right on the ground. I mean, it's like a, it's like a healthy size black box on the bottom of this decoy. Yeah. 
So And we never thought it'd make a difference. It hasn't in the past. And I was even watching Mike Hunsucker's store yesterday. He just had it right on dirt. No no issues with those birds. So the only conclusion that we can gather is that the hen that was laying down that we had the hen decoy laying down from the Jake seems to always do us do us well. He must have that box must have been hiding behind her as he was full full tilt mm-hmm. strutting towards the mm-hmm. Jake. And then as he as he got closer, that box like kind of showed up, just popped out underneath the Jake and, and just startled him and he was gone. That's the only thing that we could think of. We weren't moving, you already at full and I mean, draw. It was a contrast, like it was a dead grass on a black box. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That's the only thing we could point to. Just kind of, just kind of bad no luck. Movement because on our end, our setup yeah, was perfect. Not nine times out of ten. Yeah, I think I, birds don't care about the black box. Like, yeah, they just don't. Um, just like they don't care that a single stake's coming out of the decoy. Like, yeah. they just don't notice yeah. those things. So. Yeah. So that was uh, definitely a bummer. That and that was that was the trip right there. But yeah, so the first encounter was almost really awesome. Still, it was awesome to. I mean, getting in a group of toms and tight, it was awesome, um, but it didn't work out. So the other uh, good part about that trip is we met with one of the landowners that I got permission from up there and a really nice guy, bunch of turkey ground. That's going to be primo. I bet we'll kill a couple birds. It turned into his, one uh, of the, um, like we thought he owned like maybe 250 acres and then it turned into, well, the property next to me is, is my uh, brother-in-law's. You can hunt his as well. He has dementia, but just tell him if you see him, you know me. <laughs> yeah. One of those situations so, there. Yeah, our property quickly doubled. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was good. Um, we haven't hunted that property yet, but we will. Yeah, the so bird, bird will die there for sure. Our next hunt. Our next hunt was the quick uh, permission hunt. We met with another landowner coming back from a quick uh, Kansas trip. We met with a, another landowner that uh, is in Nebraska, south, kind of southeast Nebraska. I kind of, um, I kind of asked people permission on places that I'd be going naturally. So it's like on the way down to our Kansas ground, it's like 15 minutes out of the way. So we just stopped by there and. Uh, the lady was really nice. They've got about 500 acres. And this is the piece that I was like, okay, this is probably my lowest odds piece. But I, this is one of those pieces that I've kind of talked about as like my secret weapon for getting permissions. Um, and so I don't ask like the primo big chunks of timber, like amazing properties. Cause a lot of those properties are recreational farms that people are honey hunting on. I ask the agriculture surrounding the big chunk of timber and this is one of those it's 500 acres but like to the west and south of this property is just timber chunks just massive timber i'm like this is nebraska there's turkeys in there and then her piece has like a couple little um like fingers creeks with yeah some some fingers of trees so we get there start walking through the property and bingo like right off the bat um we spot a group on her ground uh, another very windy day. Another very windy day. On her ground, moving to the neighbors, but a couple times, big group. And that was it for that day. But hey, it was like, there's birds here. There are birds here. So a few days later, we decided, okay, 
Because I mean, you've made it pretty clear, but you, you're just e-scouting these these properties. You're not yes. You're not on the ground like, oh, I'm gonna ask this piece. It looks good. You're just Correct. e-scouting, um, like applying what you know about turkey hunting and, and turkey habitat and and writing the letter. That is correct. Yes. So I yeah, I'd never been there. So just like knowing now that there were turkeys for sure, I was like, great. Considered a, a successful scout. So a few days later, we're like, let's give that spot a morning hunt. We found a nice calm morning. Um, it's still chilly, early season, but I noticed that turkeys don't really give a crap if it's cold or not. They just like it to be, um, at least early season, obviously a nice warm sunny day will get them jacked up, but they'll still be gobbling like crazy if it's 30 degrees. Um, so yeah, there's no, no rain, no crazy wind, mm -hmm. um, not tons of cloud cover. They'll like a cool crisp warm morning. They'll still yeah, hammer. They'll rip. So we get in there in the morning and there's a lot of birds. Like I suspected a lot of birds hammering on the neighbors within two, 300 yards, probably something like that. Maybe not Maybe that a little close, further. Yeah. I guess um, two, two of the birds, two of the birds were that close. The yeah. rest were further. Yeah. But it was like, man, big group. So we set up and again, we put out, we put two hens out, um, one laying on the ground and Jake DSD and man, we, I, I'm just, I'm a heavy caller. If you ever hunt with me, I live and die by the mouth call. I hammer the calls. Um, it works out for me. I call in a lot of turkeys. I just, that's what, that's the way I go. So I hammer them on the roost pretty good. Um, I know when to shut up, but I also, I call a lot. So I get some birds fired up and you can just, Thomas gets my attention and he says, I hear someone walking on behind us. I'm like, okay. And then you just hear, and then, and so it's like, oh man, they're on top of us. So they paced behind us for like 30 minutes, just strut. I'm watching them the whole time filming. Yes. So the neighbors have a fence. They're apparently big hunters. Um, that's why, that's why you don't ask the people with the big timber chunks. Um, they, their fence pisses me off. It's, they have on their, on their entire fence, they have a bunch of chicken wire, um, along the bottom, like the bottom, like three feet. Like yeah. it's the majority of the fence. I'm like, this is so harmful for wildlife how can you call yourself a hunter and these turkeys can't cross the fence and how, how do you expect a fawn to cross the fence how do you expect birds and other things that don't want to i mean obviously a turkey can fly over a fence but it makes it that much harder it makes it that much harder for deer and wildlife to cross whatever i'm just like come on but anyways they just paced the fence. Uh, yeah, I'm just watching them. Yeah. Like, I couldn't see them, but Thomas could because yeah. we were like, we were split up like two birds just strutting, gobbling every time we'd call at them, yeah. just, just pacing. And they're looking, like they're looking for a spot. Um, finally, after gosh, 20, 30 minutes, um, they leave. But not for long because one of them, I think the e there's an Eastern in uh, Rio and the Eastern starts working around us. Um, and heads to the far end of the field, uh, all the way around, far end of the field, and starts angling back towards us. I guess we us. didn't really describe. We're, we're hunting a big, uh, we, like an ag field, a cornfield, mm -hmm. that we have our decoys out in. And then the timber is 
to our our west and south i think i already said so yeah they were they were south of us and then they worked west and then they popped out north of us in our ag field and then started working back towards us kind of southeast yeah yes not thinking that they not thinking that he would come in. He was strutting and gobbling at us a little bit. Yeah, but um, but it looked he, like he he was yeah. angling off pretty hard and we it thought it looked like he was just gonna head straight east and just skirt the hell out of us. Yeah. Um So that's when we see a gobbler to the west back in those trees. Because he gobbled once at him. Um and so we we're like, okay, there, I mean there's birds around, let's just hang tight, keep calling. And then like a few minutes go by and I look to my right and there's just toms right there just like coming in. There's one at 40 yards, and then the buddy that was skirting us was strutting, like, walking into our setup. So we believe that he was angling towards a different Tom that we just was out of Yes, out view. of our view. To just meet up with him and then come attack. So the one Tom always, like, stayed off. Um, I mean, yeah, the was, first one was out at 60 most yeah, of the time. Yeah, most of the time, 60 to 80. And then this other guy, he came in to, like... He he hung hung around four like forty yards for like five minutes, and then he was at like thirty yards for a few minutes. And you might be asking yourself, Nate, what? Why are you waiting so long? Well, first of all, he was like still kind of working in the decoys, so I was like, let's give him time, see if he like just comes and clobbers these things eventually. Like, like I want to have with turkeys, they're so hard to hit that like I want to have a point blank. The issue we were dealing with is. In this ag field, we are sitting just off the ag field, and there was this grassy berm between us and the cornfield that was like elevated, so we had the decoys on it. But there was like, it was like tall grass on that berm, which is one of the things like in the dark we couldn't really tell. But like it made it like, it made it where I only had a few windows where I could shoot through because like a lot of it was like covered in grass, like I wouldn't be able to get an arrow through it. So he's like kind of down in the field just spinning around down there but like most of the time he's behind that grass so i couldn't even get an arrow into him even if even though he's at like 30 yards so eventually he starts to work to the west and we're like okay like he's not gonna like he's not gonna finish in the decoys he's just not like yeah. he's gonna go meet up with his buddy he's getting out of here he's been around for 15 minutes strutting and he's starting to peace out so i draw and um there's a little there's a little gap i have that's at like 20, 25 yards, somewhere right in there. And he's the full strut. And I I feel good, comfortable with my shot. He stops. That's the biggest thing I've learned. Um, get your gob to stop before you try to shoot. Turkeys are hard enough. If they're walking, <laughs> that's just tough. So I do a little call so he stops um, full strut and just like hover the pin, squeeze it. And like immediately, like, what? The, my arrow just looked wrong um, and looking back on the footage it actually deflected in two spots I was like I thought I had such a clear shot but like there's little things that you just don't know when you're just like zoned in on your pins and it deflected like three like, almost immediately like probably a few feet after I shot oh really I didn't know that yep it deflected once and then it hit another one deflected and like so that bird went, and that was just frustrated, like super frustrating, because that was round two. Like we should have killed the new, the yes, the Nebraska birds on opener. Yep. We should have killed this second bird. And I mean, he was like, he was in. I mean, he was in archery range for like twenty minutes. We we're like, this bird has to be dead. Um, and man, just a point. I mean, twenty twenty five yards for sure. I mean, that's an easy shot. Uh, but that's just archery equipment. I mean, 
a twig can change your your trajectory like no problem um so that's so uh, that far that season you, we had three shotgun birds well yeah we could have killed the one in northeast nebraska we could have killed both of those two as shotgun zero archery birds for people that don't understand that we always keep track of how many birds we we could have killed with the shotgun versus archery equipment because it's shotguns are way easier um and so yeah those that that was basically the gist of that morning hunt we had like we were able to call in flocks later in that day but nothing back out into that corn and stuff but they see like they were receptive to calls um and basically since then we're just gonna like give it time and go back down there when i don't know if it'll be shotgun season or when we'll get down there next but i think a bird will die down there just need the weather to work out and have a little luck yep so over kind of over three on uh hunts thus far and then um let's see just this last weekend we went out to our buddy jacob stop's place he's him and his family are extremely generous um letting us come out and hunt um they own some some ground in like central nebraska uh and it's always got turkeys on it um they own it that they own it kind of along a river and so the gamble is always are the birds on the north side or the south side because they most of their properties on the south they own some on the north but most of it's on the south so it's like you're kind of you're kind of sol'd if they're on the north because they don't want to fly across the river mm-hmm. like getting them to fly across the river is basically impossible so that first morning um jacob had been doing some scouting and he, we got we were on a flock of like 100 birds 80 to 100 birds for sure i mean 15 20 like 15 toms 15 jakes at least Mm -hmm. and then i mean an absurd amount of hens probably 40 or 50 hens yeah so just i mean massive group and uh it was just a patience game because you're like you can't do anything for calling them i mean you hope that like a tom breaks off or something but what, what what were your your thoughts on that morning hunt? We just had to be super patient because from Jacob's scouting, we knew that the birds were going to take some time to to work towards us. So we didn't own the or we don't Jacob didn't doesn't own the ground that they the corn that they were hanging out in, but we own the timber up to the corn. So the whole gamble was, hey, we just need a we need one of these fifteen toms to like our calling and come into just the like timber slip say, like, hey. like move 20 yards to the south towards us that's it like if that um which spoiler alert never happened the entire flock went all the way around us past us and then as soon as we were like ready to tear down they started coming back towards us and like we tried to get some like we thought there like, a few of them were interested but we had one Jake come to like 30 yards and then the Tom mm-hmm. just stayed off in the field at like 60 to 80, just strutting. Yeah. And man, <clears throat> that's just a early season for you. Um, check out our Instagram. I'll, I'll post, I'll post some, uh, a video or a picture of this flock, but it's just a massive flock and there's, it can be frustrating this time of the year. Cause man, there's so many birds in that flock and they just haven't spread out yet. Um, but that's kind of what you get during archery season. You so just gotta what, try it. Anyways. Yeah. So while we were, we were calling that group, we had some birds hidden on the south side um, that Jacob uh, Jacob's family owns, and 
Um, sure enough, those birds came in on a rope. They, there were at least two toms that were right on the other side. They just showed up right on the other side of the river and we tried to convince them to fly over, but they never did. Mm-hmm. But they are hammering at every call. Like if we were on that south side, we would have, they would have come right in. Um, we're sure of it. Um, and sure enough, after we were done following the big group, we hopped over to the south side and uh, went over there and called and nothing. Like we probably went maybe, we probably got over there like 20, 30 minutes after we heard that last gobble. And uh, they just, between that time, they just shut up. Mm-hmm. Um, that was unfortunate, but. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that was basically the, like the rest of the day. We went around calling a couple other spots. Uh, our evening hunt was a bust. Um, we, we, uh, Nate and I set up on the south side, hoping that those birds that were fired up would, would be in the area. Um, we could fire them up again, but that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So we had one more morning hunt with Jacob, and his plan was to go back to this 40-acre chunk of timber that he had uh, roosted a couple birds the night before. And then me and Nate were going to uh, basically take the truck and stop every couple hundred yards and find a different gobbler that was along the river because gosh how, how far is that stretch from the 40 to the maybe a few miles yeah mi- maybe a mile or two yeah so and and like historically there there's always at least a couple other birds um along along the river long story short there weren't there weren't any other birds all of them were near jacob um or on this other piece where we hunted that big giant group so um, we kind of split up. Jacob was on the, the north end of the piece, and we were on the south end of this thick 40 acres. And um, I don't know if you want to dive into that a little bit. I mean, but it, they they also had hens. We called we called on them for a while. We thought they were moving towards us a little bit, but they didn't. Not really. I mean, these birds weren't weren't wanting to talk at all. They yeah. just kind of had their it hens. Was a quiet trip. Were, yeah, were fine. for sure. Um, and so we met up with Jacob like a little. I mean, in, I don't know, an hour and a half after sunrise, probably an hour, hour and a half. Um, still kind of early. Um, and we did a walkabout through there. We spotted some toms, weren't interested in our calling, wouldn't gobble. Um, and then on our way out, we did see some toms in one of the plots they have down there um, and let out, I mean, launched a couple arrows at them. They were like 50, super far. 60. Yeah. <laughs> so it was like, you're just praying at that point. So no, no, uh, no impact on, uh, on that front. So <laughs> the funny part was getting out of there. We stopped by and grabbed, uh, like we went by Jacob's setup where he sat that morning and, uh, he had a Hindi coin. It was all knocked over. And <laughs> so there, <laughs> if he probably would have just hung it out there, he might've had himself a, a good hunt Yeah. because obviously, uh, a turkey, probably of the male variety came in and knocked that thing down yeah um so that's uh yeah but anyways that was basically the uh the nebraska trip with jacob um lots of birds not talking a whole lot um just kind of early season action so um still had a great time but uh no birds killed so then um let's see that brings us to today it brings us to today which is Wednesday we Kansas season opened on Monday um, we couldn't hunt Tuesday because um, my wife went a little uh, Karen on me um, she's gonna classic love, she's gonna love me, me talking about that um, no basically I was on a short rope because uh, 
couple things in. Need you to you get told done. her you're going hunting at 3 a.m., uh, like at 10 p.m. that night. Yes, that is correct. <clears throat> I should have given a little more notice, but uh, yeah. So, anyways, no, she she really wasn't she wasn't that testy with me. But we were like, okay, let's just let's just let's sacrifice the really 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 good weather day and correct. go the next day. Yes, um, that's today. So we uh, drove down at 3 a.m. this morning. We, uh, oh, we need to talk about the morning. I had to call Tom. He was asleep. Little bastard. Mm. Might not want to edit that out. 28 minutes. Um, what? The curse word? Yeah. Oh, stay in your lane, buddy. Get around this guy. There's 40 mile an hour wind, so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I called Tom awake. We were, we were at our meat spot, and I tracked him, and he was at his house. I'm like, <laughs> It's bad. So, uh, that happened with you last year for yeah, kids. Yeah. We all have our moments. I mean, when you Turkey wake up, season, when you Turkey wake up like tough. 50 mornings at like 2 a.m. every year, you're like, one of them's gonna, you're probably gonna slip up. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we got down there with, and we weren't really rushed. We got down oh, there. Oh, no. Of time. Perfect time. Um, and so we had, we went to our, uh, transition plot. I had made a couple blinds here and there on the property, and this was one of them. And this was where traditionally we have called birds up to. And we waited there for a long time, and just nothing was, was hammering up north. And then uh, I let out a... <laughs> down in the south. Okay. That's an owl call, and then a turkey gobbling at the owl. Um, there were... A couple birds gobbling to the west of our property. There was a bird, there were a couple birds probably to the east of the property, and then there was one on our south ground of our 80. So we went, we went there, did a morning hunt, and it was just, it was just quiet. We, he was talking to us and gobbling off the roost at us, but that was it. That was it. As soon as he pitched down, we did not hear from that bird again. That is the first time we've ever had like the silent treatment on the 80. Yeah. All, of, all most of the other years we've we've been able to just call them straight up off the roost, and it's just like almost too easy. Um, but gave us the old silent treatment, so we kind of did a, a walkabout, um, hit a few other areas, call in, and then uh, we were like, "Hey, let's grab some breakfast." Went to the old cafe. Give us some time because we know birds love to come back to our eighty. Yes, especially on windy days, they they Stress get out of the out. wind and yep, um, good cover. Hang out in the timber. We've got the prescribed burns, you know. We got good clearings for them. And it's so really a turkey paradise. Went to the cafe, got the number four, one egg, sausage, hash browns, coffee, and then uh, we were all fueled up. Went back to the eighty, and we did a little walkabout. There's this thing during walkabouts where Thomas doesn't think it'll ever happen. He kind of like gets this like, kind of gets this lazy mentality, um, and you kind of just gotta slap him and slap him back into it. That's not like, hey, that's not the case at all. I don't hey, know. I, that wasn't turkeys could gobble anytime. He's like, I told him we were like should sit down and just hang out. You for were a just wanting what? to twiddle your Why thumbs. Why you want to do that? You're just wanting to twiddle your thumbs in in this plot where they like turkeys. I would never set up in transition. That's, that was your plan. That. I told no. you. I told you to not do that. I said no. No, let's keep walking, which is no. the reason. Hey, that's actually no. Thank you for. Thank you. No. Thank you for the transition here. The whole reason that we killed birds is because I decided that we should keep that walking. That's not true. I said we need to go look at this field. We went down there. No, sure enough. No, I'm not gonna. Let, I'm not gonna burn. let us move on if 
if you are like that because you, your idea was to sit in transition it was for not. 30 minutes. Yep, that's, that's what you said. Sit. You said, I'm going to sit, we're going to sit in transition for 30 minutes. I said, no, what we should do is it was not true. We didn't know it yep. was we should sit yep. down somewhere nope. because I'm gonna I interrupt, I'm gonna interrupt in you like Steve interrupting Ted. I didn't want to sit nope. in transition. Nope. I wanted to you wanted sit to sit in, in shed nope. plot. No, nope. I wanted I, to sit in I, the shed plot. I brought that up to you because I said, Nate, we don't have chairs, we don't have decoy. What we're gonna do is we're gonna keep walking and then we'll circle back around to the shed plot where and we can pick up decoys and chairs. But then I said, let's just let's just go down here and, and take a look on Beck's field. That's that. Okay, you can you can have that last word if you want, but I did not want to sit in transition. You wouldn't okay. have gotten that's, me to sit well. In you did say that. So I thought sitting maybe, down. Maybe you said something different than what you thought. I thought sitting down was a good idea, but I wouldn't have sat in transition. Okay. So, anyways, we move from kind of the uh, western side of our property into the timber, and then towards the eastern side of the property. As we do that, with mine eyes and with my vortex. UHD, Razor UHD 10x42s, I spot up a turkey. Um, I see some movement, pull up my binos, sure enough there's turkeys down in this ag field that borders our 80. So we watch them for like 5-10 minutes trying to get a uh, grasp on how many birds there are or if there's a tom in the group and we real finally realized that okay there's like actually a few birds on there, there's got to be a tom in this group. Like, we I think, thought there just was just one. Then we saw three. And then we saw another four on the other side. So we were like, there's got to, like, we couldn't see any toms, like, for yeah. sure. But if you have a group of that many birds right now, you've got to have a tom in there. Mm -hmm. So we so we went in on a hunch. Yes. So we sneak down, kind of going through the middle of our property. You, we have to go, like, kind of downhill, and then we cross the creek, and then kind of back rising uphill, which makes it actually kind of nice to be able to get, get to that field with without being spotted. Um, you kind of have to be careful going down the hill, but you're still far enough away with cover that you can kind of get down the hill, cross that creek, and then you're on low ground, and you can get to, like, 30, 40 yards of that fence really easily on that east side. So, boom, sure enough, we get there, and there's a tom, like, already at, like, 50 or 60 yards. Yeah. We just... You, almost, have you a, almost went too fast. I was about to yell at you because you were, like, oh. sprinting up the hill. Um, and then... You gave me the, oh, there's a bird right there. And then I had a freaking panic attack. I start feeling in my pockets. Start feeling in all my pockets. I'm like, I don't have my release. I don't have my release. Like, I, I have a... I try to stay calm. I have a tension, back tension release. That's, that, that, like, not I, around that's, my wrist. This, is, this would be the second time this has happened this season. When was the first time? I knew I've had I know permission. I forgot it across the field. Oh, Yes. So um, I have a bad tendency of like putting it someplace and then forgetting. Um, so then it's like worst case scenario. Okay, we're like okay, we haven't actually seen a tom yet in this group. Let's let's scan and so I put my binos up for about five seconds and I see just an absolute rope dragger right right next to the fence. Yeah. And then I'm actually then I'm starting to get pretty upset at Nate for forgetting this release and he's like, oh here it is, I got it. Yeah, my last pocket I checked, it was in there. I was like, praise G. So, um, the hunt song. Okay. Now this bird, like we hadn't called, we had called earlier, but like we haven't called since like I was about to Will Smith you. And, um, so like, I didn't want to like call this bird because I was like, I don't know if that's going to mess with him or he's got his hands. I don't know. Don't want to risk it. And they were just like, they were like working onto our property. So like, let's just, Hey, they're, I mean, that Tom yeah. literally is dropping and just coming right towards us. So it's like, what's the rush? 
So we just hang out there. Um, and I mean, obviously like we're just kind of standing in the middle. Like there's a lot of shadows or we're in, we're decked out in our first light. We're just like hoping Dude, that he, he looked there. right. Like he looked through us. He oh. did not see us. No. Was so I was like, so thankful. I was like yes. fully decked head to toe. Yes. Um, that's one big thing we talk about, like with, especially taking new hunters, like, man, you just, with turkeys, especially, you just want to be decked out. Yeah. Head to toe. Like, sure. I get it. Like you can kill them. You can kill turkeys. You can kill whatever without camo. But especially with turkey, like I, I would, sure I'd go I'd go a deer season not wearing camo. I, I you could kill a deer that way, but with turkey, gosh, like they can just they 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 are just always looking for the slightest thing yeah that can set set it off. But yeah, so we uh yeah we I mean have a stare down for a long time, but he never like really picks us off, and he starts to head kind of south, and so I have my opportunity. I draw. He's at like. 30 35 but again it's just like brush central if you've watched any of our stuff on youtube on the kansas 80 i mean waist with, down with, it's with, just with un- like a big buck it's not not near as big of an issue but with a turkey that's only standing you can just see it's three head. and a half foot high or however tall a turkey yeah. stands like yeah it's you're really seeing head basically yeah so i shot and again a, a, a the, deflection the, yeah the like, thought with this shot is like like I gotta send like you gotta send yeah, one you have to yeah because there's sure there's a chance that it could de- like maybe deflect like at the last minute and you could still hit the bird or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. and I'm like hey it's 30 35 like the arrow will yeah so deflected and he he like hobbles off I mean not I mean he the arrow didn't touch him but like he just walks off not really not spooked not putting or nothing um just walks off and so Thomas and I just realized, like, hey, those hens are still there. They're not spooked at all. That bird's coming back. 100% that bird's coming back. So we just we just hunker down there and wait five minutes, six minutes, seven minutes, ten minutes probably. Tom's like, is that daddy in the field? And he's coming back. I see him swinging. Coming back, back through forth, the corn. We're back like, forth. Great. Here we go. But again, we're running in the same issue. Like, we're still in the same spot. And we couldn't move to a different spot because those hens were still right there. Close to it, it just like it didn't make sense to move because it's not like there's like one like oh there's an open lane right here like we got to get here it's like right there's cover everywhere and if i do get a shot if you do get a shot off then good on you yeah so he comes back meets up with those hens and they start to head onto our ground like more deeper into the north um and they're at like 30 and then they get to 40 and then they get to 50 and the Tom's just going there. And so I'm ranging things. I'm ranging where all the hens are going. And I'm like, okay, I have a really, really excellent gap at like 52 to 55 yards. And I'm like, I debated it for a while. I was like, do I take the shot? Um, should I not? I wouldn't recommend this shot for most folks. I just shoot my bow at a load. And so I was like, if he if he gives me like a, I mean, I'm talking wide open, not a freaking limb in front of, in between us, I'll take the shot. And so, sure enough, hens are just working through that area. He gets there, he stops a little bit, and then he's like starting to work through that gap. So I do a little call and he just, perfect, just stops perfect, like kind of facing away, like looking back. And that's my favorite shot. Wide open back, man, put that thing right below its neck. Um on like his upper back and just full send. I full draw. I adjusted my sight for like 55 and just hover that pin and 
and just smoked him. Straight through his back, came out his chest, right next to his beard, passed through at 55. Um, just totaled him. He was dead right there. DRT. Um, just flopped. He gave that flop, and I was like, oh, I think you just smoked him. Yeah. So, I mean... We were jacked up. It wasn't like your classic, like, goblin and strutting. No, it wasn't a very, hunt. like, fun hunt. It wasn't like, like a springy hunt. Yeah. But it's still, like, it took stealth. It took turkey knowledge. It took um, an excellent archery shot. Um, so there were things that were, like, really hunting and, like, exciting about it. We, we fooled their eyesight. And we also... I thought it was a mature move. Like, year, like a few years ago, even, we, we would have been out of there. Oh, we spooked the Tom with that shot. Let's get out with of here. the first shot. Just, yeah. yeah, just bump the hands. Let's get out of here. But this year, we're like, no. Like, we know there's eight hens right here, ten hens. And that gobbler's not that spooked. He's going to be back here within a matter of time. And so just hanging out there and knowing those things um, got us that bird. And we sucker punched him. Um, awesome bird. Real heavy. Big, big uh, Your beard. first Kansas bird ever. Yeah, my first Kansas bird. Um, big beard on him. Um, smaller spurs, probably... Maybe just under an inch, uh, real sharp guys. Um, but yeah, breast them out. Got all the breast meat. Got all the leg meat. And then I also took a bunch of feathers off of them. I took the tail fan like I normally do, but also just plucked like a ton of feathers off of them because I want to hot glue um, our, our uh, decoys because I think that'll help with uh, fooling more birds. Um, so yeah, that was the hunt. Really excited to fill a tag. April 6th, um, way earlier than we filled it in Kansas last year. We might fill another one. We're not sure if we'll have somebody else in the family throw a shotgun. We're going to see. Depends what we're seeing population-wise. Yep. We don't, we, don't just, we don't just kill the kill and fill tags. We uh, are very conscious hunters. Just we only because, remove animals yeah, when we Just because the can state be. says you can, you can buy a tag doesn't mean that you should. Yep. We could, we could, every single person in our family could buy a turkey tag, but we only a lot. We don't... We, in the last few years, we've only taken one. The first year, we took two. Um, so, yeah, one bird down already. And there, I mean, there were a lot gobbling around us. We at least knew there were, what, three or four across the road, one on our ground, and then probably a few further east mm-hmm. within our square mile. So, I mean, that's that's a good turkey population. Um, so, that was it. Good hunt. This will be on our YouTube probably next week. Probably next next Tuesday. Yeah, so check it out there. But until then, um, I don't know if we have any turkey hunts coming up in the near near future. Um, just just Nebraska and then uh, my Iowa tag next week. So yeah, we uh, we'll probably go down to permission piece sometime between then. Yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for tuning in. Um, be sure to check out this hunt on our YouTube. If you haven't yet, subscribe. Um, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we appreciate all the support. Thomas, you got anything to We'll uh, work on our next guest to this podcast for next week. Yep. All right. Thanks, everybody.